Hello, and welcome to Audacious Compassion, a podcast where we explore how to find compassion in the most difficult places in daily life. I'm Gregory Avery Weir. And I'm Melissa Avery Weir. And we don't have a full episode this month. Mm-hmm. We haven't received a, a prompt. And I think that we've we've chatted among ourselves, and I think that we're happy to keep doing episodes if prompts come in. Yeah. Um, but we'll probably stop doing a monthly show. Mm-hmm. We'll just do an episode when it occurs to us if we've got something we want to talk about or yep. if we... Or uh, we get a prompt. Yeah. If we get a prompt, go on and send them to us at avery-weird.net or hit us up on any number of ways you can reach us if you yeah. search for us. Either by name. We are the only two Avery Weirs on the internet. Yeah. Uh, or as uh, we are Audacious Cast all over social media. So. Yep. And we've got other projects going on. We um, do. I've just started the new campaign of my role-playing podcast, Tabletop Garden. Mm-hmm. This campaign is Ego Driver. It's a post-apocalyptic, post-colonial road <laughs> war campaign using Big Eyes, Small Mouth. And that is a podcast where I chat with the players about different concepts around the game and how mm-hmm. it influences life and values around role-playing and how to role-play well and have a rewarding time and also do it in a healthy way and that's in addition to actually playing the game yeah and we do yeah we you get to hear the roles or in this case the reports of the roles from roll 20 and melissa is on the first campaign of that not the not the upcoming one yes yeah the mechanical oryx uh where an oryx is like a little antelope Uh, well a big antelope you played a little oryx i did (laughs) And it was, it's three episodes. Um, it's great stuff. We explored some ideas around um, colonialism and sort of just sort of the power dynamics of this strange society we were playing in. So yeah, tabletop.garden. Yep. Um, we also have the Future Proof podcast, uh, which both of us are on uh, all the time. It's <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we are is. all of Future Proof yes. Games. Futureproofgames.com. Our podcast is a monthly, uh, a mixture of updates um, sort of what we're working on, what we're looking forward to. Um, and lately we've had a couple of sort of business meetings around strategies and sort of evaluating how the fourth quarter went as we've made some, some business decisions. Um, so it's a bit of a peek into how we run future proof as well as, uh, like I said, updates about our projects and things yeah. like that. And you heroically edited down an over an hour long meeting into half an hour for that podcast yeah, was, this last time. Twenty four minutes and it's impressive. Yeah, that was uh, it took a bit. <laughs> so yeah, uh, you can definitely follow us. Uh, Melissa has been using Mastodon for a while. Mm-hmm. I've moved my sort of social media presence pretty strongly to Mastodon as well. So mm-hmm. I'm at Gregory Avery Weir at Mastodon social, and I'm Melissa Avery Weir at Mastodon social. And I guess we can chat a little bit about um, media we've been consuming. Yeah, yeah. You want to go first or should I? Uh, I haven't thought of mine yet, so you go ahead. Um, So I don't deal a ton with social media or don't have very strong feelings about social media generally. Mm -hmm. Um, Except, it turns out, Goodreads. So when the end of the year came around and Goodreads was like, how did you do on your goal of reading 30 books in 2018? And even when I backfilled information for the books that I was willing to put into Goodreads, I'd mm-hmm. only done like two or three because I've been reading a lot of like romance stuff and just stuff I don't post on Goodreads. Yeah. We, that's a separate issue around, you know, feelings around yeah. those books. What is real, yeah. real media that one wants to consume publicly and right. all that. Yeah. 
And so I was like, damn, like I read a lot of stuff last year. I read a lot of stuff last year, but a lot of it was fanfic or a lot of it was that kind of other kind of categories of stuff. And so this year I was like, yeah, let's, let's do it. Lower my goal number mm-hmm. just because let's be reasonable. I do still like these other things, but let's like pick up N.K. Jemison, like stuff that's been in my log to read um, for a while now, or that I've only read part of the series of. Um, and audiobooks are a really, really effective way for me to read books. Because I can listen while I'm working, which I feel lucky in that because a lot of people can't listen yeah. to a spoken word while working on software development. And some people aren't allowed to listen to That's things while they work, yes. which also is, yes. a, is <laughs> an, a difficult situation. Exactly. Um, and I listen to stuff the whole time I'm home. So, you know, so I can, I got through a 16 hour book in about two days. Um, so I, I read a lot of N.K. Jemison, and then I started Patrick Rothfuss's The King Killer Chronicles, which is just the most tongue twister of a name. I feel like it should be King Slayer, but it's King Killer. Yeah. The first book in that series is 28 hours, which is, for me, incredibly long. That is a very, that's some nonfiction level shit right there for the kinds of books I read. So I get into this book. It takes a couple of hours for me to warm up. Like after reading Jemison, it's real hard to go to a book where it's like you can kind of tell everybody is white. <laughs> yeah, where there's not <laughs> express like. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it fantasy means... often feels very European. Yeah, yeah. So this felt uh, interestingly standard. So it took me probably three or four hours to get into it, <laughs> which is never something I'm tolerating a video game. So I get through the first book, knowing that the third book is not out yet. Mm-hmm. Let's get to the end. I'm like, okay, good cliffhanger, ready to move on. Download the second book. It's 43 hours long. It's 43 hours. That is day, literal days of book. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, well, what are the odds that the third book is going to come out? In the week, it's going to, like, even me, it's probably going to take me a week to get through a 43-hour book. And it turns out that this third book has been in the works since about 2011. That's a long time. It's a long time. And I'm like, 43 hours of book to like be sitting on a cliffhanger, and I'm not going to remember the end. I'm going to have to go back and read it again. Oof. That's a tough... Like, I've listened to the first 45 minutes by this point, and I'm like, it, it's, it's good. It keeps being good. But it's a tough sell to go into a series that may never be finished. And I was just reminded of like the pressure, and we've struggled with this. I have struggled with this, with Future Proof, of like, there's a thing that's been running forever. It's mm-hmm. never going to fucking finish. Yeah. <laughs> and how do you keep creative mojo? How do you keep the fact that you're kind of in the spotlight mm-hmm. about this thing? Um, Headless Swarm is a prime example of like, we said we'd finished this thing and we haven't finished it yet. I totally sympathize with Rothfuss's pressure or, you know, writer's block or whatever he wants to call it. I don't. I haven't investigated it fully, but that third book is sitting out there un finished it was promised in 2014 it is now 2019 i cannot imagine being that author yeah or i mean george r R. martin martin's the same like and he wrote a blog post about it i remember reading that post going oh dude i feel you like you know small scale obviously yeah earlier tonight we uh this is so much smaller scale but we played our dungeons and dragons campaign Uh (laughs) that's been going on for a literal decade uh, nine years, because I, I think I started the job where I picked up some of our original players in 2010. Yeah, so I've been, I've been running this Dungeons and Dragons 4th edition fourth, campaign. 4th edition, y'all. For that long, 
Melissa is the only remaining original player that's this, participating. This has been almost the entirety of my post-college career. We've gone from level 1 to now level 27, mm-hmm. and we hope to finish this year. Oh, uh, we are finished. I am finishing this year. <laughs> Someone, <laughs> things will finish this year some way. Um, so, what has been your inspirational-ish media lately? Well... I was very inspired this past weekend, speaking of long-running projects (laughs) in a couple different different ways. So we're avid followers of LeftTube, as I think we've discussed before. And there's a YouTuber, a leftist YouTuber named Mm HBomberGuy. Questionable name, but here we are. Harris something. Yeah. Who is, he's a goofy dude. Uh, He does good examinations of political talking points he disagrees with as well as analyses of video games and media in a in a cool and surreal way he does weird mm-hmm. artsy skit stuff with with his work the absolute best sherlock holmes bbc sherlock, yes you know bbc sherlock yeah modern he, sherlock uh takedown <laughs> yeah it's it's his stuff is often mean to the works Yes. Uh, but he's rarely, like, insulting of actual people. Right. He's. I think he's good at having context, yeah. right? Like, here's the situation in which this arose. Here's why, for instance, Moffat was allowed to write this stuff, right? And here's, let's look at some of his other works and things like that. So he's, I think he's good in the sense that he's not, like, he's not aiming to publicly shame or, or you know, kind of do some awful stuff yeah he's a hell of a left tuber yeah but he's this a weird weekend... dude yeah this weekend so this has been in the news some but uh Which sure not everybody yonkers. has heard about it um <laughs> he got annoyed at a british comedian who was who essentially organized a letter writing campaign against a charity called mermaids which is a, a support organization for trans kids in the uk so h bomber guy got annoyed at, at the this this stuff and mm-hmm. decided to, because Mermaids was at risk, slight risk, but at risk of being defunded from its government funding, he decided that he was going to do something he wanted to do for a while and stream a 101% run of Donkey Kong 64, oh my God. which is pretty widely regarded as not a very good game. I can and, now concur. <laughs> and also a very huge game. Yeah. And so his plan was, I'm going to stay awake. I'm going to stay streaming. I might fall asleep, but mm-hmm. I'll, I'll stay streaming, playing Donkey Kong 64 until I get 101% on it. And the, one, the extra 1% comes from a hidden... Coin? No, no, that coin doesn't actually even count. The the 101% is kind of a joke. There are coins in the game that he got that don't actually count towards the 101. Oh, okay. They would be 102 or 103. Okay. Because there was a coin that was only recently discovered yeah. in the game. Yeah. Where, like, for decade, yeah. for a decade, people didn't even know that this coin existed. Yeah. He streams this game, and all subscription money and donations go to mermaids. Mm-hmm. And so he starts it, and it's... You know, it's a charity stream. It's decently popular, but it starts picking up steam. And, and he, so... I should say he's not the most popular person on either YouTube or Twitch. Yeah, it, like, he's, a, he's a second-tier left-tuber, I'd yeah. say, in terms of popularity. Right. Um, he has appeared in videos on, on mm-hmm. more prominent folks' channels. Um, but yeah, he's he's got a following, but not a huge one. Yeah. And has his done so for a long time without getting particularly big. Yeah. But... 
he started getting interesting guests. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, I think at the time that I showed up and was watching, he had already had John Romero, the creator of Doom, on to come on and chat and, and say trans rights. Uh, he ended up with several people who were part of the Donkey Kong production team really yeah yeah he he got the voice actor for donkey kong got to come on what wait hold Uh, on there's a there's a very yes there's a very good clip where where h bomber guy asks him to say to say trans rights in donkey kong's voice and the voice actor's like uh that's that's kind of hard but i'll see what i can do chelsea manning shows up and joins the stream yes uh famous trans rebel the one who's made the most news though is u.s representative alexandria ocasio-cortez who is a famous uh young representative rising Rising star Star. yeah she's the one who got people saying that she was not professional because she took a video of herself dancing in college yeah but she's i think pretty cool yeah uh very far left for a uh, U.S. representative, and so she showed up and chatted and like talked about the state of the government that's in a shutdown right now. And I think one of the more interesting questions was, can you use the tactics that you've used to get people to understand the tax code to get them to understand trans rights? Mm-hmm. Um, and she didn't have a perfectly clear answer for that, but I thought it was a really interesting discussion that they had. Yeah, and I, I liked hearing you know in between H. Bomber guy asking her how to beat a certain part of the level yeah, yeah. Uh, and her saying that Nintendo, Nintendo 64 was the best system she was able to talk like strategy in some extent like what's the best way for us to make the most difference mm-hmm. right now and how can we you know have multiple interests work together and that was very cool can, can we talk about something very briefly that's a what's little up? strange she is five years younger than us yep. i just <laughs> yeah what am i doing with my life <laughs> i mean you're doing awesome stuff you're you're making cool projects you're that's so cool doing advocacy it's, yes wow we're just taking different paths mm-hmm. uh but yes it was very cool and he ended up lasting 85 hours or Did so it go that long it, it was 80 something okay i left i wasn't there after maybe 54 hours and raised 300 some thousand dollars 330 ish thousand dollars the most raised by a single person on a stream yeah, i think something like that so yeah that was really inspiring it was really cool to see so the twitch chat was full of <laughs> folks who were you know doing the twitch chat thing of just pasting the same thing over and over and, and so on but it was very positive in feeling yes and there was the definite feeling that a lot of the people who were watching did not have a sense of trans or queer community yeah wherever they were you know they may, maybe they're young people maybe they're just you know remote mm-hmm. and there was a lot of expression that like this was a feeling of support and community that they hadn't felt like this maybe ever yeah. And that was very, very cool that this served as like a way of being like, hey, folks, you're cool. You've got folks who care about you, mm-hmm. even in the abstract. Like, yeah. there are people who are like, yes, I want you to have what you need. Yeah. yeah like, we don't have to have a, a super deep personal connection for yeah. me to care about you. You don't have to be one of the good ones. We just care about all of you as human yep. beings. <laughs> and it's real shitty that this that it is necessary to raise this money mm-hmm. and that this money is being raised by folks rather than by governments or very rich people right but it's still really cool that we're able to come together mm-hmm. and do all this so that was that was very very nifty now you mentioned the copy pasting i will say 
that for a group of that size, there were, I mean, anywhere from 14,000 to 25,000 people watching when I was watching. Mm -hmm. Um, They were a very good chorus because poor, everyone thought H-Bomber Guy had put pizza in the oven at a certain point. And then all of a sudden, I assume 10 to 15 minutes after that point, the entire chat erupts into, hey, check your pizza. Your pizza's burning. Check your pizza. He's like, no, it's fine. It's fine. The pizza is in the fridge. It took him several minutes. Yes. Uh, But there were several instances of, you know. You missed a coin. You missed a coin or get someone to say trans rights or like whatever. Or in a part in the level where there was an ice level, there's a loud chorus of abolish ice. Yes. Yes. So that was, it was, it was a very cool uh, experience to, to hang out this past weekend. Yeah. I was not expecting uh, AOC to show up, like, just because people were pestering her on Twitter. So So we'll still be around. Uh, Audacious Compassion is not over, Mm -hmm. but we're not going to be striving particularly hard to get it out every month or on any sort of regular basis. But please, if you have a question or an idea of something you want us to talk about, Mm -hmm. uh, hit us up. Or Um, if you think a friend does, send it to them. Yes, absolutely. And uh, we'll keep the site running and yeah. so on. So send that stuff to us at averyweir.net. That's A-V-E-R-Y-W-E-I-R.net. Yeah. My impression is that there are people who have prompts who keep forgetting to send them in. Yes. So, so here we are. <laughs> uh, so social media is uh, Audacious Cast. I'm Gregory Avery Weir, and you can find me on Mastodon at Gregory Avery Weir at Mastodon.social. I'm Melissa Avery Weir, and you can find me on Mastodon as Melissa Avery Weir at Mastodon.social. And together we run Future Proof Games, which you can check out at FutureProofGames.com. It's a little video game studio, and we're putting out a cool little uh, game for the 2019 Asexuality Jam. Yes. Talk to you later.